Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. What's up, guys? My name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Marmatrician, brand new, freshly minted TEDx speaker, y'all. I'm in the building. What's going on? What are you doing today? It's a beautiful day that God has made. It's also September. So I don't know when you're going to hear this, but September is National Suicide Prevention Slash Awareness Month. And we're here with another compelling story from someone just like you who wants to share to save a life. So without further ado, we're going to hop on to Miss Ardina Downing. She's the stranger in my house today who's going to leave here a friend. So Miss Ardina, what's going on, sister? How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well this morning. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be in the presence of you and all of your listeners. Um, I'm, I'm ready to talk and have a good girl's time this morning. So let's go. Let's make it happen. So Miss Ardina and I met on Facebook. She's a clinician by profession, but that's all I know. We're all going to find out in about two seconds what else that this woman does. Black queen, got a beautiful head full of hair and braids and just a red jacket, which is like my favorite color. So Miss Ardina, talk to us, girl. What's going on? What's going on? So um, part of the reason I wanted to do this with you was because I think that it's important not only to share my own story, um, but it's also important to kind of share some of the things that I've come across in my work. So right now I am a clinician for a school. However, um, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, quit my job as a counselor for a police department. And um, that job heavily impacted me because I would often present on scene for death calls. And sometimes those death calls were suicides. And so, I have my own personal story, um, but I also have firsthand experience with people who have unfortunately died from completing suicide. And so I wanted to kind of share some of that as well as what I personally experienced myself. Amazing. And if, you, if anybody knows me, you know I like to spell my amazing by A-H-M-A-Y-Z-E-N. Amazing. Two things you've already said, school and the police department. So you are possibly my first in about 90 interviews 
who is a counselor for police departments and a clinician in school. Before we go any further, who takes care of the helper? Because one of the things that, I, that recently happened after King T'Challa, my Igbo brother died, was I actually had a breakdown. I think he, his death just tipped me over. I think it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have a, like, I didn't have, I wasn't like suicidal or anything, but I cried for like a whole day straight. And I think I needed to cry for George Floyd and, and Brianna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and Trivion Martin and Christopher Cooper. And just, I needed to, I've been needed to cry. And that yes. day I just, it just, for 24 hours I was crying and my wife was like, okay, that's it. You need to start seeing mm -hmm. someone. You need to talk to someone because it is a lot. It's a lot. I talk to patients who are suicidal every day. So it's a huge weight on my neck. And I just never thought how much vicarious trauma I'm being exposed to. I don't watch TV. I don't want to see the news because it's never good news. I don't watch any videos, Armand Aubrey, none of them. I don't, George yes. Floyd, no, I don't watch them. But even as I try to avoid them, they still come to me. So who takes care of you, sister? Because police department, counselor, that is, that's up there. Yes. Well, at the time that I worked for them, um, I did on at least two separate occasions have to use the employee assistance program for counseling. Um, I would sometimes talk to my best friends. Um, I would pray. Um, sometimes I did meditation. I like to jog. So that has also been helpful for me. Um, sleep has been sparse um but i noticed that when i get sleep that i function a lot better um so those are you know some of the things that helped me kind of get through that well so believe it or not you've said five very important things one exercise two sleep three talk therapy four friends five actually have formal therapy so yes. you, and then you said me meditation actually yes so that's five so number five is meditation because the therapy is basically your friends and then of course of formal therapy but also meditation which is one of the things that we try to preach right that people should do all of those things that you said in one sentence you've kind of summarized all the things that we ask people to do because it helps it does help thank you so much and you know for me when i talk about talk i actually came up with an acronym for talk and T means tuning in to your child's radio frequency, which is basically knowing your child. A means asking the right questions. What happened? What's happening? Never ask why. Yeah. The second, and L means listen. If you're going to ask mm -hmm. questions, lean in and listen. And then K means keep communication lines wide open as you get them effective help. Because the truth is, this is what we're talking about. Talk about it. But, you know, also, if you go through those four things, you pretty much catch, you know. Yes. So thank you for starting with something that I, I preach all the time, which is just talk, 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 talk. Very good. All right, Mama Sita, let's go. You start where you want to start. And, I'm, and we're, all, we're all waiting eagerly to hear. Okay. Well, um, I do want to start by saying something that we talked about um, 
prior to you kind of airing this, um, we you know talked about something called ACE, uh, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. Um, so I am in my mid thirties. Um, my birthday is actually next week. Yay! Um, yes. It's not September 11th, is it? <laughs> no, I do have a cousin who was born on September 11th though. My, my birthday is September 14th. Yeah, my yes. sister-in-law is September 11th. I'm having surgery on your day. So we'll talk oh, about goodness. that offline. Yes, I know. I hope, <laughs> yes, I hope that goes well for you. Amen. Amen. I'm yes. going to channel you since it's your birthday. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, amazing. So, and, and instead of going in, you know, a lot of depth in terms of like my own ACE, so I did an abbreviated version when I became an adult as a clinician, and I scored, I believe I had at least a five or a six. Oh, my God. Um, and one of those um, indicators on the ACE study is, have you ever had a parent um, that suffered from mental illness? So my mother um, actually suffered from mental illness. Um, today is actually the day that she actually passed away back in 2001. Um, so she passed away right around the time 9-11 happened a couple of days before. And so although that was not a situation that pushed me into having suicidal ideation or plans or attempts, it is a circumstance that had kind of followed me and still continues to follow me in some ways throughout my life. So I personally- Did she die by suicide, if you don't mind my asking? No, my okay. mother um, did not die by suicide. Her, um, how she died is still a mystery. So mm. essentially she had broken her neck. She fell down stairs, um, her neck was broken. Mm. Um, we do not know if it was her roommate. Um, she lived in like independent living. So we don't know if it was her roommate who pushed her or if my mom just fell. So that's always been a mystery. So that's something that is, you know, a part of my story that has not had closure necessarily. So, and then, so I'll fast forward to my own personal story. So kind of like what you were mentioning. More like rewind more like, cause I, you know, personal <laughs> stories are like the, the most, the most compelling because it's okay. yours. Yeah. Yes. So, from that, so that's one of the indicators from ACE. Um, I've also um, experienced abuse myself as a child, as a teenager, um, and as an adult. And actually the abuse I went through as an adult is when I first had my first episode of like suicidal ideation. So I would say around 2015, 2016 was the first time I ever had um, serious suicidal ideation. Um, I was a young adult <clears throat> working and I was working multiple jobs because I was involved in a relation, a semi-relationship with an individual who was uh, mostly financially abusive, um, mentally, emotionally abusive, et cetera. And at that time, because I was working so much, um, I felt very isolated, um, I think the isolation was probably the biggest thing for me, but just me being mentally, emotionally, and physically tired. And on top of that, I was a therapist. So there was some shame and guilt. How can I not manage this as a therapist? Um, all those things kind of went into why I felt the way I felt. I knew that it was serious for me because I, at that time I lived in an apartment complex that was right across the street from a McDonald's. And so every once in a while, we'll go to that McDonald's. But I remember one day I was on the side of the McDonald's getting ready to walk across the street back 
to my apartment complex and I thought, well, I could just walk in front of a car right now. And then my second thought was that would be very painful. So you probably don't want to do that. So I made it back across the street um, and I'm still here. Um, but that's the first time I kind of suffered with those thoughts. And I have had another incident afterwards, but we can talk about that a little later. Yeah. Wow. You know, most of the people that I speak to on my podcast have, I don't know, I think I had another girl who said that walking into the traffic, but most of them have said they just planned an accident. They just planned it to look like an accident. So it wasn't really necessarily walking into traffic. Most of them just, they just used the word accident. I wonder how many of those were that. Okay, yes. that's one. And then I know a lady told me that she went at full speed and hit a brick wall mm -hmm. that nothing has ever been able to knock down that brick wall, but her car knocked down the brick wall. Yes. But she yes. didn't die. But you know, I'm just saying, and then when, when the studies show that, you know, suicide is second only to accidents as a, as a leading cause of death for kids aged 10 through 34, the question is always how many of those accidents were really suicides? Yes. Yes. How many of them we, we will never know because they die. Yes. Fate, you know what I mean? They're yes. fatal. Or suicide attempts, you know. How many do we do we really know? Yes. So is it is it is it suicide really that's number one or is it you know or is it accident? Which is it? Because yes. it's interchangeable. And kids well, teenagers by nature have some degree of recklessness anyway, which happens to be one of the symptoms of suicidal behavior in teenagers, recklessness. So it's just, it becomes a catch 22, like which yes. came for the chicken or the egg. Yes. And um, wow, that's amazing. Thank you for staying. Yes. Thank yes. you for staying. I'm really thinking I'm going to, I think that's going to be the name of my book because none of my clients or my guests on the podcast, you know, died. So thank you for staying could be the, the powerful, like, because they, if they went here, we would not have their stories, like you said. Yes. Wow. So yes, I, at that time I was probably, so that was 2015, I was um, early 30s, probably either 29 or 30. Um, I'm just guessing off the top but, of but, my but head. But that's right, that's right on point with the age, with the, with, the, with the number I just gave you, the statistics I just gave was 10 to 34. Yes, yes so 10 to that 34. includes you, yes ma'am. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that, um, after that, and, and, I, and I guess, as I mentioned before, the, the, when I reflect back on it today, I think the biggest indicators um, for me having those thoughts, and I would say a plan at that point, even though I didn't go through with it, <clears throat> was me feeling very isolated. Um, people knew what had happened to me regarding that relationship, but I didn't really share those thoughts that I, I was just tired. I just didn't want to be here anymore. And the, the amount of financial debt I had accrued because of this individual and um, thinking of like at least one or two family members who were upset with me when they found out about it because they felt like, well, Ardina, you know better because of how I was raised. You know, I was raised um, to be a upstanding citizen, to get my education. I, was, I never had had any run-ins with the law or trouble or drinking alcoholism, none of that. And so, you know, you sound like you could easily be my twin because I'm like, I don't drink, yeah. I don't drive, I mean, I don't, uh -huh. I don't drink, I don't have, I've never had any issues with the law. But then I got divorced and I realized I owed the IRS $329,000. Yeah. So, talking about 
why did I get, what, who, is, who am I? I couldn't recognize myself. Yes. And so, yes, I, I had serious suicidal thoughts that actually, yes. like, I was in the, uh, about to, and then I spoke it, and my wife was like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I, yes, I am. And so she just did everything. She called off, canceled. She was like, no, we're going to, we're going to, I'm here. Yes. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm glad I spoke and said, yes. I, I don't think I'm, I, I, it wasn't, you see, that's the funny thing. Yes, I had three children that I love so much, but I felt, I believed in my heart that I'm such a failure. My kids don't even want a parent that's a failure. You see, mm-hmm. and then all the things yeah. I convinced mm-hmm. myself. And that's why mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. voice is the loudest voice in my head. And the things that I was saying to myself were like, you're not good. You're a failure. Nobody really wants a failure. Like, you know, yes. you did this year. So, and then the difference between me and those who did die is I, I didn't believe it all the way, but I believed it enough. But they believe it all the way and then they act on it. Yes. And then sometimes, you know, your attempt is one out of three attempts is fatal. So yes. that's why privacy yes. said attempt is the strongest risk factor for a suicide death. Yes. Yes. And, you know, when you talk about those attempts, you know, in terms of statistics, you know, we know that women attempt more, but mm-hmm. men are more successful mm-hmm. because of the, the method by which they more fatal. Yes, more fatal in their lives. Mm-hmm. And when I, I mean, to kind of fast forward to when I work with the police department, um, most, I would say the majority of the suicide deaths that I was called to go out to were fatality by uh, gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's funny you said that I actually took props with me to do my TEDx talk, but then I was like, I don't want to use the props anymore. But yeah, for children, it, because I'm a pediatrician, I try to bring us back to kids a lot, but no, it's, it's, it spans across the globe. 58% of suicide, 58, so slightly above. The, sex, the second one is asphyxiation by hanging, by hanging. but 58% is, is, is by firearms. And, that, yes. and then usually it's firearms found at home, like my neighbor's son a few weeks ago. They already knew he had a history of cutting, which I didn't know, of course, till after the fact, but he was already a troubled teen. Yes. And his mother was in the home, in the house. She was at home and she didn't know. She thought he went to work. So it's just one of those things that firearms, definitely, you're right. They're more fatal. Yes. So I will come across that. And the what you just mentioned, that I don't know. Um, and of course, I cannot speak on the specifics of different cases, but I would from time to time hear from family saying, you know, I, I really had no idea. I had no idea the person was even suffering mentally and emotionally. Um, at one point I had worked let, let me, on a- let, may, may I stop you there? It's funny you said that. That is so true. However, studies have shown that four out of five teens who attempt suicide leave a sign. So now goes back to what are the signs and how do you look at those as signs? Because in a teenager or in a young adult, the signs mimic regular behavior. Yes. Like in your case, you felt isolated, but you're like, I don't want to talk about it. And people are just, oh, maybe she's just tired. You know, we find everything to explain that which we're seeing. In my own, I wasn't, I didn't become withdrawn, which is one of the signs, but I really became moody and I had this restlessness about me like I want to and then you know the funny thing once you once you make 
up your mind, then you feel free and happy. And that's also, if you're generally an introvert, you just suddenly become an extrovert. Well, that's a change though. But do we interpret that as a suicide, suicidal behavior? So that's kind of yes. a thing. That's why it's, it's so complex. And then again, you know. Yes, um, it is. Um, when you hear the different stories, um, there are similarities and then there are some things that I would consider kind of unique. Um, because during that time when I had those thoughts, I think I said I have, was working like three or four jobs. So I was working as a full-time therapist. Um, I was also teaching classes. Um, and I also ironically was working for a mobile crisis hotline. So I was talking to people who were having these um, thoughts themselves actively. And one of the things that my supervisor had taught me was that a lot of times, at least with men, people don't think about irritability is being a sign. So a lot of times people associate sadness or feeling down with, um, you know, depression. And that's the reason why sometimes it's irritability and anger, like the, the change of the mood and the emotion. Um, and so I always look for irritability in people. Um, and one of the persons that I kind of helped not die, um, definitely was irritable that day. Um, but I also learned from my supervisor the importance of two things <clears throat> to look for is what we call psychic pain and cognitive constriction. So I remember, you know, Dr. Lulu, you talking about to, you know, kind of go into the cognitive constriction, like your thoughts and how those thoughts. So when a person's in a lot of psychological pain and when they are experiencing cognitive constriction, which is pretty much like my thoughts are not logical. That is a perfect recipe for a person choosing behaviors and engaging in activity that they normally may not want to engage in. And that is what they call the suicide paradox. Yes. Like, you know, it doesn't make sense. And, and I, I, I usually address, I approach this very gently for people that don't understand. Yes, there is the concept of mental illness on one side, right? Which already comes with a big bag of stigma. So keep that over there. And generally people who are mentally ill, I'm going to just put schizophrenia, for instance, they, do, they don't have a good touch with reality. And then on this side, there's a guy who's overwhelmed because they just filed bankruptcy like I did, or yes. they just got diagnosed with chronic I don't know, cancer, for instance, or yeah. they just lost their child. Okay, something overwhelming, something excruciating pain on this side. That person was not quote unquote mentally ill last week before that catastrophe happened. And so my problem is if this guy over here goes to see the doctor, the first thing they're going to say is, here, let me put you on some antidepressants, forgetting that the situation that occurred in his life cannot be fixed with an antidepressant. Yes, he has depressive symptoms, but the side effect of antidepressants is suicidality. So if yes. you're not careful, mm -hmm. you Very will true. tip this, which is what happened with me. I was put on antidepressant because I filed for bankruptcy. I just became divorced. I became a single mother of three sons and I was commander in the US Air Force. It was a lot for me but they were treating depression, which I didn't have 
a month ago before all of these things happened. So I'm very careful to tell people to be very careful when you're prescribing medications versus yes. prescribing talk therapy. What happened? Oh, how much time you got? Well, I got all day. And then I'm like, okay, so first of all, Shaniqua and Boniqua, and they were bullying me at school. And then, you know, going on like that, and then you have someone that's listening and say, okay, let's give you skills. First of all, you're not bad because these bad things happened. Yes. These things happened for you, not to you. You're a good person. This is just what's happening around you right now. Let's see how we can get you to get another job or drop some of your credits because you're overwhelmed by your credits or maybe get new friends or whatever versus take some meds that's going to dull your thinking and make you feel that, yes, you're really bad, but it's a fight against drug companies who have money. Yes. They put ads every, four, every 40 minutes as an ad about a drug company advertising a medication for depression. And so we all see that we all think maybe that's what we need. But if yeah. a child is being raped by her uncle or bullied by her friends, they're not depressed or suicide. They're not uh, mentally ill. They're traumatized. Yes. So it's, it's a totally different picture. Yes. And that's and, my fight. Go ahead. Yes. And I was going to say, you know, when you mentioned the trauma, being traumatized, when you mentioned being overwhelmed, that is a basic definition of trauma. Hello. It, experiencing a situation or a set of situations that overwhelms your ability to cope. And so it can be, like you said, immediate. Or it can be long-term. People can be dealing with medical problems that have for months or years, or it can be a financial situation. And so that's that's the that's the upsetting that's and, and yes. hurtful part of it is that our suffering is is subjective. And so know? we just lump them, but the but the problem, the biggest problem is that we lump everything under mental illness. So yes. for instance, I told you I was gonna have surgery on your birthday. I have C-spine stenosis. So I have chronic pain on my neck and radiculopathy and weakness. This is someone who used to teach kickboxing, who used to run eight miles a day. Yeah. So yeah. if I allow myself to go there, like my body is failing me, I can easily become suicidal because it's like, yes. you know, I have nothing to, to look up to, but I found an outlet. I'm talking to you now. I'm sharing stories. I'm finding other ways of channeling my energy and not focusing on, oh, I can't teach kickboxing anymore. Therefore, yes. my life is over. You see what I mean? Yes. But, but if I go to someone else and I say, oh, I'm just so sad because I have, I'm having my neck. Here's some antidepressants versus, well, what yes. else can we get yes. you doing to not focus so much on your neck and use your other skills? You know what I mean? So, but I needed to, First talk about, first come to terms with that, that and then talk about it to the right person, right? So it's a combination of series of things that can easily go south if we don't check every single word that I'm not saying. Yes. Versus the ones that I'm saying. So that's why talk therapy for me across the board, you know, is what's going to get it. Because first of all, you got time, is repet repetitive. You know, you have to keep coming back because we can't get everything in one day. But most people want a quick fix. So you see how yeah. complex it is to just kind of untangle, untangle the word suicide. Very complex, very complex. And I think what is probably helpful for a lot of us is if we acknowledge that, at least in this culture, I'm, 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 African-American, so I can only speak <laughs> in the culture that I was raised in and the culture that I live in currently, vulnerability is considered a weakness 
and suicide is considered taboo. And so mm -hmm. it's not normalized. It's normal to have these conversations, especially this year with everything going on. Um, there are a lot more people probably contemplating wanting to end their life or, you know, attempts and, and it's normal based upon what a person may have experienced loss of job, um, relationship problems, financial, um, medical diagnosis, all those things. But in this culture, vulnerability is equal to weakness. Even having those thoughts are considered a weakness. And so exactly. we, some of us keep it in, we, we develop guilt, which then turns into shame, which then kind of reinforces those thoughts of, I shouldn't be here. What's mm -hmm. the point of me being here? Why should I live? Um, and if we start changing the narrative in terms of, because of what you have experienced, it is normal for you to think these things. If we don't change that narrative to that, then we will lose more people. Yes. We'll lose more people. To the tune of one every 20 seconds. So now you know how long we've been talking. You can imagine yes. how many people have died because yes. that's the WHO's predictions for the year 2020 is that it's going to be one every 20 seconds. And as at July, it was one every 20 .6, every 26 seconds. They had done a study, mm. 26.7 seconds. Mm. So we're already getting to one every 20. Yes. And again, going back to the fact that most suicides are not reported. So we really don't know. Yes. We really truly don't know how many of those accidents like we said at the beginning are really suicides. You know, so right, this is such a powerful combination of you know, I mean, conversation because I love the fact you're saying people are having those thoughts is considered weakness. Yes. And so we don't want to talk about it. We just yes. say, you know what, I'm just going to hush. Coming to the people of color, specifically African-Americans, oh my God, it is so bad that studies showed and have multiple studies have confirmed that African-American children aged 5 through 12 are twice as likely as their white counterparts to die by suicide. No one is talking about this. Yes. Why yes. do African-American, why? Because if you say something, hush your mouth, boy, what you mean? What you mean, yes. you, you know, go pray about it. Yes. You know, don't you yes. have, you need more Jesus or don't you ever say that again? Okay, I won't. I'm just going to act on it. Yes. And, and that is the sad reality. Um, but you can have Jesus and you can have therapy too. <laughs> one of my favorite, yes, one of my favorite, you know, signs I saw last year was a church sign that said, yes, you can have Jesus and still get, I still need therapy too. Yes. This, we are his likeness. Yes. We are the yes. ones that built in his, made in his image and likeness. So if you can't talk to me, you're trying to talk to someone that is out there somewhere. You have to come to that case of reality. Yes. You know, wow. So powerful. And I, and I think kind of going back to what, you know, you were saying as to why no one's talking about that, because the way I grew up in the eighties, um, but we, from where I'm from, people are like, oh, depression, that's for white people. Or <laughs> it's not real. It's white kids killing themselves. No. Mm -hmm. um, most of the, the suicide calls that I went out on this year, um, number one, they were all male. And number two, it was kind of like a tie between Caucasian male and African-American male. Um, wow. And wow. these are young men um, or teenagers. Um, so mm. these are not people 
who are 60, 70. These are young men. Um, I remember one day, me and my partner, it's not common for us to go out on multiple suicide calls on the same day. Mm. But on this one day, me and him both went out on one and they were both African-American men. And I just mm. remember feeling this is, I can't even describe how I felt just knowing that, that this mm. is the reality. This is the reality. Um, and we're losing so many people this mm. way. Um, mm. Mm. And even when a person dies, something I've also found out is that even when a person dies, there's still shame and guilt surrounding that family. Exactly. Yes. That's why I said most of them are not reported. Yes. You don't want to report. You know, yes. I had a guy that I, I know specifically. He said, well, they said he died by suicide. That phrase yeah. alone, they said means I'm in denial. It's yeah. like, I don't really think it's suicide, but that's what they said. Yes. Like when I, when I used to be in active clinical practice, the patient's parents would tell me, well, my doctor said I have, sugar my mm -hmm. doctor said i don't really have it yeah which also which also goes back to the distrust of the medical system by the african-american community and it's based on real things that happened yes you know does anybody remember tuskegee airman it was like this is yes. real so experimentation it, you know, mm -hmm. it becomes our our myron sims and and uh, women uh, oh goodness where, where do you want to start girl <laughs> Yes. Um, and a lot of times, as I've lost um, people in my personal life to suicide, that, that question of not just what happened, but why. And so sometimes those families, they put it upon themselves. Was I the reason? Yes. What else could I have done? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily about them, them. But that guilt of feeling like maybe I contributed to this or maybe mm -hmm. I had something to do with this. That makes it hard. Um, for the family or the friends to kind of accept it sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. But also remember that suicide is also higher in a family that's already experienced suicide, which is part of yes. the ACEs questions. Yes. You know, the 10 questions on ACEs. So, and I know if anyone is watching us, I do have an episode about ACEs. So just maybe rewind and just look at it. I can't think about it right now, but maybe in the show notes, I'll put that in there. But indeed ACEs, Part of it is, have you had a family history of suicide, yes. mental illness, incarceration, domestic violence, your mother, domestic violence? Mm -hmm. Have you yourself been a victim of sexual abuse? You know, it's like, yes. this is real and nobody wants to talk about it and it doesn't make it go away, baby. It does not. It does not. You're right. Um, it doesn't go away, which also goes into, I think, one thing that's important for not only just me, but those of us who have had those thoughts before is that we have to continue to monitor it because just because it's gone today doesn't mean five years from now, you may not feel like that again. Um, so I love that because one of the, one of the points I made in my second book called 18's life, I, I said, I think it was 35 myths about suicide, 35. And I know I'm not done. I just stopped at 35, 35 mm -hmm. myths about suicide. One of them was if you've been suicidal before, you're always going to be suicidal. The second one mean is if you've been suicidal before, you're never going to be suicidal. I mean, mm -hmm. both of them, you can't say because yes. again, if it's situational, if it's, you know, catastrophic, if something happens, there's no telling that, that, you know, something else is not going to happen. Right. 
But yes. they're being able to talk about it and ask for help and reach out and say something. All of those things that people say all the time are real. Because, you know, I can know you very well. I might misread you. You know, yes. there's a girl called Miss Alexander Valora. She's a, she was 17 or 19. I talk about her all the time on my podcast. She was classic all-American white girl, robotics wheeze and student council chairperson. And she was an author and all these things. Just a young girl. And one night she made her bed and walked off an embankment and just to her death. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh my God, we had no idea. Then her parents searched her room and found a 200-page journal full of mm. nothing but self-loathing and, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you can't, no, no child is, suicide is equal opportunity, okay? Yeah. Like anybody, anyone. And yes. if Hollywood is anything to go by, you know that money doesn't protect you. Yes. So if you go to the third world countries, there's just, just as bad. So poverty doesn't protect you. You know, if you're talking about males, well, your gender doesn't protect you. Talking about females. I know what you said earlier on females attempt more, but now females are also becoming more. And I don't like us to use the word successful because that's a positive yes. question. Yeah. Females are now dying more. Yeah. on their attempts. It used to be more poisons that you can yes. reverse, but now they're using firearms too. Yes. And then children are not exempt, you know, because yes. we're just talking about kids right now. The youngest child that died by suicide in the world as recorded was five. So yes. it's not, it's not anything that it happens. It yes. It literally happens. It does. Wow. And that, you know, as you speak of that, it kind of makes me think of boundaries and protective factors and so boundaries are you know when someone one of the most immediate way and you know we can talk about this that i've been talked to about of preventing suicide is access to means so access to those firearms when a person's telling you i want to get ran over by a train and there's a train track in their backyard you know just paying attention to those things access to knives pills even if you can just take away the access for just a moment, that can save them at least that time. So when a person is at a point where they, they just don't want to live anymore, and, and if you are a support system for them, whether you're a friend or a family member, just make sure you try to give access to their means. What are things that they could potentially do to harm themselves? Have they even told you about things that they have thought about doing to harm themselves? Take those things away and it can save a life in that moment um because sometimes that 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 psychic pain that cognitive constriction those feelings may go away after a while but in that moment i do not need to have access to a gun in that moment i do not need to have access to these pills i cannot appreciate what you just said further one of the things i say all the times is the combination of the thoughts and the means because when i was suicidal I didn't have a means or anything like as far as the guns go, but you don't have to have a gun. Mm-hmm. Majority of kids, Miss Naika Venant is the girl, is the, is the female that I spoke about on my TEDx talk, 14-year-old from Miami, Florida. She used her scarf. After mm-hmm. three hours of streaming her suicide cry on Facebook, 
for three hours, onlookers were watching and egging her on and laughing. One of them was her mother, going back to betrayal. She used her scarf, okay? And, I, and then some kids would use a belt or a jump mm -hmm. rope. Mm -hmm. So, it, and yeah. my patients use a computer cord and a pillowcase. So we're saying all these things for you as the parent, as a listener, to know that it doesn't have to be something that they have to go and get from somewhere. Yeah. So be careful writing, talking, asking questions about deaths. Kids don't do that. When they do that, believe them. You, I love the train track idea or just walking into a traffic, you know, yes. of course, firearms is still, is still the, the majority, but like my neighbor across the street, they did not have, they did not need to have firearms in a house when they know that they have a child that's struggling already. Yes. It's just little things like that. Knowing that there's a firearm probably did not discourage him. Let's put it that way. Okay. Two negatives. So you know what I mean? Okay. I love that you said that. Thank you for mentioning having access to means. Yes. I have one of my episodes, one of my solo casts, that I talked about. It. I said access to means is a huge, huge part of eventual completion. Because for me, I don't, that's why I have three sons. I don't have even toy guns in my yes. house. Yes. Not even a toy. And for my TEDx talk, I purchased a toy gun because I wanted to use it as a prop. My eldest, who's 22, said, Mom, no, you order it. Let it be on your history. Because I was like, can you order a toy gun on your Amazon? He said, no, no, you order it. I don't want even that in my history. This is how much I've made sure that they never had toy guns when they were growing up. Like not even as a suggestion. I love yeah. that you said that. You can yes. say that again for those at the back. I love that you said that. But you know what? Every good thing comes to an end. I can't even believe where we are right now. Oh, all right, baby girl. You got to bring us home. I need you to give us your friendly, your, your um, going away tip for the listeners. Where can the listeners find you? And what's your new, brand new favorite podcast? Wink, wink. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably the biggest takeaway from this is um, for me or for the listeners is connection. Mm. So fighting the fear to not connect with others because you're scared to know what they may potentially do or not do. Um, it's important for you to connect with people, even people that you don't think would even try to hurt themselves. Just check in with people, um, have those honest conversations and that, that help break that stigma of suicidal thoughts being a taboo. It is not taboo. It is a part of our culture. It's a part of our lives and we need to talk about that. Um, in terms of how you can reach me, um, I have developed a, uh, I'm in the process of developing a, a, LL, a private practice. I do have an LLC. You can find me, the name of my private practice is called Calorie Counseling. That's spelled C-A-L-L-E-R-Y, Counseling LLC. I do have a Facebook page, so you can reach me there um, on that Facebook page. And in terms of the podcast, Dr. Lulu's podcast, is wonderful. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be here and proud to be part of a conversation that is difficult. Um, but thank you for allowing me to be here and talk a little bit about my experiences and things I've seen in the field and, you know, um, just the connection between me and you um, and how 
even though we're different, we have similarities. And that goes back to that connection piece. It's important for us to maintain connection so that we can help people and be supportive for people. So, Wow. Yes. I can just drop the mic right there. I love it. Love it. Love, love the heck out of it. Calorie counseling, C as in Charlie, A as in Alpha, L as in Lima, another L as in Lima, E as in Echo, R as in Romeo, Y as in Yankee. Yes, I used to be active duty Air Force. Calorie Counseling, LLC. Find this chica, support this chica. She's a person of color. Black lives are all mattering right about now. And stay tuned. She might even write a book. You never know. This is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. the Momatrician, brand new, fresh demented TEDx speaker coming at you on the airwaves today with Suicide Pages, the podcast. Go find it. Subscribe to it. Leave me an honest review. Share. The life you might save might even be your own. The life you will save might even be your own. So I say go for it. Stop, stop it. Enough already about the stigma stuff. Black folk, I'm talking to you. Our lives do matter. Our kids' lives matter. All kids' lives matter because I'm a pediatrician, but more so kids from people of color. Colorful kids. All the United Colors of Benetton kids. Our kids do matter. You heard her talk about every time she went to see she was called in for a suicide. It was 50-50, black and white. How many people are talking about the blacks? I didn't even know that. That's brand new information for me. So y'all know how passionate I can get, right? I'm going to stop there so I don't overwhelm y'all. But this is Dr. Lulu. I love you, man. Go support my sister. First name, Ardina. Last name, Downing. A-R-D-E-N-N-A. Last name Downing or Calorie Counseling LLC on Facebook and wherever you can find people on the World Wide Web. This is Dr. Lulu, y'all. I gotta go, man. Peace, deuces. Remember, call 1 800 273 talk if you need to talk to someone today, or just call my number 802 768 1180. And I'll be like, What's up, guys? What's going on? Bye. Hey, are you stuck in indecision? Is there something you've been wanting to do but are having a hard time deciding how to go about it? Maybe you wanted to write a book, you're having issues with your relationship, your kids, money. Maybe you want to quit your job but you don't know how to go about it. Hmm, you might need a life coach. Believe it or not, I just launched my life coaching business this year and I'm open to accept clients and we're having free consults. So go to calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu. That's calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu and grab yourself a free 45 minute session and I'll see you on the inside.